Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, you guys. Ooh, it has been Monday. Hope everybody's having a great day. Hope you guys are starting this week off with a bang. I feel like I am starting it more with a thud. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes there are thud days, and it has been a bit of a thud day. Hey, Heather, I see you joining in. Uh, girl, take off those boxing gloves. You're going to hurt somebody. <laughs> mama to mama. I know. Uh, I just saw your post on uh, Facebook earlier. So um, I'm thinking about you guys. Spreading love on you. Um, I know uh, that's a tough situation. So just uh, I'm just going to breathe in some supernatural peace and hope that it catches on fire with you as well. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, some people out there with a bang. I'm out here with a thud today. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, it was a beautiful day. The weather was beautiful. The sun was shining. It was all the things that, you know, Snow White and the chirping birds would be looking for. But it just, I've just been flat. So, <laughs> but you know what? We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have been flat, 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 like a pop that's been set out overnight. But that's okay because... You know, we're making it through. And so uh, it did lead me to have my heart just had a really strong appreciation for Brian because, you know, he's been getting on here every day. Um, yeah, he's missed a little here and there if he had to do other work or whatever. But he's been getting on here every day except for Saturday and Sunday for almost two years straight, bringing the fire. And I'm like, man, I got to go in here and do this. <laughs> And he brings that fire every time. And so, you know, maybe I can catch a little of that big pop of energy while we get into um, session six of our mini book study. So we have been with Brian taking a, a little sabbatical. We've been doing a mini book study of the book From Fear to Love, which is also available in Spanish. Um, I have a friend, Rolf, who told me he just ordered 15 copies because he's going to be starting a, a study in his area and also using his uh, Parenting from Oz, which if you go through our videos, you'll find a video because Brian actually attended his Parenting from Oz um, presentation that he does for parents. He uses our post materials and then he puts his spin on it and creates for a really great engaging presentation. So um, let's just get on. Let's just get on in here. I see there's several people up there lingering, but a handful have said hi. So anybody who wants to say hi, I always love that. Um, I always, uh, after I disconnect, if I miss a comment, I'll definitely come back and take a look at them. So, um, man, we've been just churning through this. And if I try to go back and hit the highlights at this point, it's going to take almost the whole time. So we've reached that point where I'm just going to jump in. There are five other videos. It says session eight. I think it's supposed to be session six. See, it's Monday. So I'll go back in and correct that in the title there because I've not done eight sessions yet. But we've had some great homework assignments to help you guys work on your inside because what we know is that when we work on our inside, uh, when we work on our energy, when we work on our self-understanding, when we work on our exercising our empathy muscle and exercise our understanding muscle and exercise some of our self-care and learn how to do self-care, 
sometimes it's just little minutes, just a little tiny slipper of time that you get. Sometimes you don't even get that. You just have to make that when you um, sneak into your car with your candy. <laughs> I was reading about that over the weekend and just cracking up. So I was confessing that they took the M&Ms after all the children and dad were in bed. Mom was caught in the car <laughs> eating her M&Ms, <laughs> looking at her Facebook. <laughs> just to get a little minute of quiet so you know whatever you do for your self-care sometimes it just comes in tiny little snippets especially if if you're a full-time caregiver and so you have to learn how to do it and sometimes you just have to you know get on Facebook and talk to a bunch of people and laugh at yourself and that kind of makes things a little better too so you guys are helping me build my oxytocin by laughing with me by realizing not to take this all too serious sometimes we turn things into life and death when they're not. Sometimes they are life and death. So I, you know, I recognize that. I know that to be true. But a lot of times we turn something that is really not life and death into a great, great big deal. And so just to invite you guys to step, step back from that ledge. Step back from that ledge, my friend. Just step back from that ledge. Take a deep breath. Trust that it's all going to work out. We're all going to get where we need to go. So we're going to jump into chapter seven, um, exploring what's below the surface. So what we've been doing, just to give a quick plug, we've been going through this book, kind of a mini book study. We've been going through chapter by chapter, hitting the highlights. And the highlights are things I've highlighted. If you're not familiar with this book, it's just a great book. Um, the way Brian wrote this book, I think it makes it one of the most user-friendly books for parenting children who come from tough places that you could put your hands on. Um, it covers all the stuff that we talk about or that we need to learn about with regards to the highlights of brain development so that we can understand how pre-birth and early life trauma affects the brain. And I always want to rem remind us all that this isn't just about the brain development for children who come from deaf places, this is brain development. So it, uh, it's your brain development, it's my brain development, it's your child's brain development, it's your husband's brain development, it's your boss's brain development, it's your employee's brain development. And when we know a little bit about brain development, it can help us have so much more understanding for one another. And from that place of understanding, we can have a better compass for what we can do for our own personal growth, our own personal health, but also for the personal health and personal growth of others that we're in relationships. So <clears throat> I see some other people saying hi. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Richard. Oh my gosh. We, Zach, we have not talked in forever, but it's good to see you. Um, so I'm trying to think, uh, let's see, our last homework exercise, I believe, I'm thinking on it was on Saturday and I'm thinking it may have been about building uh, practicing gratitude that pausing three times within a day and just pick something anything in that moment to notice to focus on and to just experience that feeling of gratitude and so for me right this second I'm just gonna calm my brain down and take a deep breath and I'm gonna enjoy a hmm like truly enjoy a cup of I don't know that you can really even call it coffee because of the amount of creamer that I use because it sort of tastes like candy it's like candy caffeinated candy <laughs> so practice 
something, you know, whatever that is. Uh, I gave the example of putting a chocolate in your mouth. And how many times do we, you know, maybe sit there and be popping M&Ms or whatever, you know, whatever you're treating on and you're just popping them in your mouth. You don't even realize how many you've eaten. You don't even really even know what they tasted like because it's a mindless, you're just kind of this mindless eating, mindless activity. The next time you uh, have a piece of chocolate, uh, smell it first. And oh, I love the smell of good chocolate. One of my favorite things to do, we have a chocolate a chocolatier studio in downtown Tulsa called Glacier, and you walk in, and oh my gosh, the aroma, it's heavenly. So take a smell of that chocolate, and then when you put it in your mouth, instead of just kind of like gobbling it down, just let it sit in your mouth, let it melt, and feel all, uh, taste all the taste, the bitter, the sweet, and all those things. The invitation is to just really experience something that you're doing and experience it to the fullest and then just pause for a moment and, and experience that gratitude. And that is a way that is that is like the three second self-care exercise that can help build your oxytocin so that you can continue through the day in doing what you do. So uh, chapter seven in this book uh, that you can get for $7.95. It's just the shipping and handling fee um, in the US, $7.95 at feartolovebook.com. If you are ordering international, the cost is a lot more expensive. It's about three times as much, but it's <laughs> we're still losing like $2. It's crazy because international shipping is really expensive. So, you know, I apologize for that, but that's that's just a reflection of the expense of international shipping. And we also have it available on ebook. So you can get it uh, in ebook format from Amazon or from our website, postinstitute.com, and also available on Audible. So, and hopefully we'll have, we'll find a, a Spanish reader and we'll have it read in Spanish soon too. So that'll be cool. Um, Steven, our friend in the Netherlands, he did a Dutch translation that he has available through um, ebook. And then we've also got a German translation that I need to get, I gotta get on that. So many things, so many things. But I'm not gonna beat myself up about that today <laughs> because, well, there's no point in that. But I do, I need to get motivated. So let's get on to chapter seven. What happens with children is that we label them based on their behaviors as hyperactive, defiant, or aggressive, as soon as we do that, we're guilty of looking only at the tip of the iceberg. Mm. So imagine there's this iceberg floating in the, in the ocean, and what you see is the tip, right? But underneath the iceberg is this massive, massive, massive mass of ice. And if you only focus on the behavior, then I always picture that little yodeler from, um, from what's that? From the prices, right? Now, he's up there climbing. He's got his little hat on and little feather. He's got his little Swiss Alps outfit on, and he's just chip, chip, chipping away at that behavior. Chip, 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 chipping away at that behavior. And as soon as one chunk of behavior plops off, guess what's going to happen? Well, you're going to get another behavior that's just going to bob up from under the surface because we're not addressing what is under the behavior. When we are behavior focused and we're focused on these labels, we're not getting underneath to the root. We're not getting underneath to this massive amount of ice 
that is really uh, much, much more significant than that tiny little bit of behavior at the very top. Now, uh, let's see. We must get to the bottom and swim where the rest of the iceberg lies. But our fear set in, it's too big. Let's back up and go to the top. We want to ignore what's below the surface, but the solution requires that we get the iceberg out of the way. Mm. So when I when I read that, you know, it sounds so light to get under the iceberg, but I just want to invite you into thinking about this a little deeper. Um, think about those Discovery Channel shows where they get in those uh, those little one man um, submarines. I don't think they call them submarines; they have a different name for it because they go literally where no man has gone before to the depths of the ocean. And what they see down there is some prehistoric creatures that are freaky. And if they weren't in that, that contained environment where they can look and not get touched by this thing, I don't think there would be too many um, oceanographers going down there to mess with that prehistoric stuff. And that's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to be like those Discovery Channel divers to go down and swim in that prehistoric in that prehistoric atmosphere where those prehistoric creatures live, the prehistoric creatures that not very many people know very much about. So we talk about it, you know, it sounds so light in this chapter, right? You know, you're going to have to get down there and swim under the ice. <laughs> yeah, you get down there and swim under the ice, <laughs> right? It can be scary. It can be scary. When you start, uh, when you're parenting children who come from difficult places, the thing is that they have possibly survived things that you can't even, you can't even venture to imagine. Um, about two years ago, I had posted on our Facebook page, and I believe that the video even had like a trigger warning. You know how there's trigger warnings on videos now? It was a video that was demonstrating, I think it was maybe a, like a nanny or someone, um, actively abusing the child and it was very disturbing it's hard for us to even think about some of the things that our kids have survived so this is this is serious it's serious business um, what they've experienced uh, potentially devastatingly painful um, especially when we think about abuse and neglect where um, adults have literally bypassed a child's soul for their own needs, for their own pleasure. Um, thinking about children who um, have traumatic brain injuries because their parents were uh, stressed out and overwhelmed and in that moment shaking the baby and in that moment that baby's head just shakes and shakes and shakes and it damages that baby's brain. Or you think about those babies who are in wounds that the moms don't want to be pregnant. Um, they're still using, actively using drugs, um, meth, heroin, opioids. Um, they are maybe in domestic violence situations. Maybe uh, I know I know these stories. The thing is, I know these stories that are truths, um, where um, the violence was dramatic to the baby in the womb that. Uh, repeated self-abortion attempts took place 
you think about all the hormones that are flooding to that baby in that environment and you know when we talk about nine months in the womb and what the baby's experiencing you know it's hard for us because our cognitive memory isn't able to 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 connect to that but those are deep deep blueprints even in our own brain stems what our own utero in utero experiences were that you have to remember that we're talking about nine months where that it's like nine months in solitary confinement so it's nine months where that is literally all that is being experienced is whatever's going on inside the mother's body and what's going on in her environment so when we start talking about getting down below the surface of behavior this ain't no joke. This is some serious business and you are liable to run into some man-eating sharks down there. Some scary stuff because your kids have already lived through some very, very scary things. See, we're, we're working on helping them recover. So this is serious business and we to just offhandedly and lightheartedly assign a label, hyperactivity, aggressive, defiant, to just so lightheartedly assign a label out of something so complex um, is just, it's just not, it's just not giving full consideration. How would you feel? <laughs> How would you feel if somebody viewed you as the problem and if you were always getting sent to the office from your job because you were disrupted in your work system and nobody ever sat down and looked at you and said, honey, I think maybe you need to take a little sabbatical. I can tell that the death of your mother is having a really, it's having its way with you. I can tell that being, getting, going through divorce is really tough for you. I can tell that losing your child is really tough for you. Maybe you should take some time off work. So we don't do that with our kids. We don't offer them that level of grace. And yet think about what they've been through. Their little bodies and their little minds. And so, yes, we have to look below the surface. We got to dig a little deeper. We have to work a little harder at helping them mature and grow through it. And the good news is love is healing. That love is healing. And so the more love we can pour in, the more we're helping their brains heal, the more we're helping their brains develop. You know, most, you know, our ideally, in our ideal world, uh, that nurturing caregiver came and was present when the baby cried and that nurturing helped to develop that oxytocin release mechanism. But you know what? It's not too late. That part of the brain is available for healing throughout the lifespan hallelujah that's like the best news ever the best news ever is that the positive effects of love and loving support and loving connection are available to us forever that is like the healing miracle the healing medicine amen mimi mimi's shooting up the hearts and giving me some lovey faces ah so let's talk about the stress model that's chapter eight you can make the biggest difference in your child's life when you learn how to be responsive rather than reactionary to your adopted child's behavior. Because stress causes distorted and confused thinking, we tend to see things more complex than really what they are in a state of stress. In all its simplicity, the stress model purports that all behavior arises from a state of stress. All behavior arises from a state of stress. Between the behavior and the stress 
is a primary emotion. Remember, there are only two primary emotions, love or fear. It is through the expression, the processing, and the understanding of the fear that we can calm the stress and diminish the behavior. So, uh, let's see. I bet we had a lovely picture in here for that. No, not on that page. We don't. How is that possible? <laughs> so, let's just, you know, I've always got scrap paper because there we go. So all behavior arises from a state of stress. So at the top we have behavior. At the bottom we have stress. So it looks like this. All behavior, here's the behavior, here's the stress. So there's a stress and then something's gonna happen and there's and, and that's what the like the antagonist is, I don't know, antecedent. The outcome is the behavior, and between those we either have You have one or two. You either have love or you have fear. Pretty simple. <laughs> Pretty simple. Not always easy. That's the thing about this model. It's very simple. These are very simple concepts. It's very simple to say, step in love. It's very simple to say, demonstrate love. It's very simple to say, calm your brain first and then calm your child. <laughs> what gets complex is just that fear is so inundating and it's so present. Uh, our entire world just is so invested in it. You know, like think about every single commercial out there is all focused on fear. You don't look good enough. You don't smell good enough. You don't wear the right clothes. You don't drive the right car. I can remember a commercial that came out about two years ago where the kid was like, I can't believe you're driving this cruddy car, Dad. I'm like, oh, my God, if my child said that to me, they'd be walking. <laughs> I'm just teasing. That's not true. <laughs> but still, I'm like, are you kidding me? I am not going to be disrespected by my child for the car we're driving. Man, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> but, yes, fear is the leverage. You know, if we can make you scared enough that you're not good enough, then I can sell you something to fix it. Let me tell you, you are good enough. You're good enough, just like you are. You were perfectly created for this job. Everything about you is an asset. Everything about your child is an asset. Everything about my child is an asset. Just because something is hard doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it might be a different kind of walk. Well, that difference, having difference in diversity is what gives us strength. It's also what helps us evolve and create new things. If we didn't have diversity, we'd all still be eating just vanilla ice cream, right? I mean, it's the spice of life. And so we get so, you know, we get so much pressure trying to make ourselves, make our kids get to be in whatever place the world thinks they're supposed to be. I just want to offer you guys that there's, you know, there's a whole vast, vast world out there. There's a lot of different ways to live. There's a lot of different ways to earn money and take care of yourself. There's time. There's more time than we realize. Everybody take a deep breath so that we can be able to be more capable of responding than reacting. Reacting is when we come from our own fear, we come from our own stress. We can take two or three deep breaths, calm our systems, and respond. Respond differently. Respond with love. Respond with understanding. Now, see, a lot of times, uh, I'm just going to put the book down for a little bit. A lot of times people think that this model 
means that we just everybody's just sitting around looking like a a monk. Um, well, you know, I may have my monk moments, but those monk moments usually happen really quick. <laughs> like they're like really because I don't get a lot of time for that, you know, because well, you know, I'm parenting all the time. So when do you ever get time just to be meditative and peaceful? You know, I after everybody's in bed, before everybody gets up. But in the heart of it, it's not about always being this peaceful, calm monk. It's about being regulated. Emotional regulation means that you match. Um, last time we talked about fake it till you make it being really bad advice because your kids pick up on your energy. They also pick up on your facial expressions, your tone of voice, your body language, and all of that's going to tell how you're feeling before any words are actually articulated out of your mouth. And so that's why we're always focused on working on ourselves. Now, if I'm upset about something, then I'm upset about it. You know, I, I get upset. Sure. My voice raises. Now, one of the best, best things that I have learned, and really I learned from this model, but I also learned from Brian's daughter, Michaela, because, man, she's just, she's just really good at living her truth. And it's something that I have watched her and listened to her and interacted with her, and it has taught me so much. Because I was born with ideas like uh, beggars can't be choosers, right? So if you ask someone to do something and they do it, but they don't really do it the way you wanted it, then you don't really get to say, this is how I wanted it. You just take it and you eat it, even though it doesn't taste good or, you know, whatever the situation is. In this particular time, I learned this lesson from Michaela. It was over hot chocolate because she wanted her daddy to make her some hot chocolate and he made her some hot chocolate and brought it to her, but it didn't taste good. <laughs> And she said, ew, this tastes like water. And I immediately, and this is such a funny story because it's such, it's such a dynamic from my own family, right, that then is going to get played out in my new family. So those blueprints. So inside I had that urge to say beggars can't be choosers. And then I paused and I don't think I said it. I just watched the interaction and he said, well, baby, I'm so glad you told me so I could go get it fixed the way you want it. Tell me what it needs. No big deal. <laughs> In my house, beggars can't be choosers. It'd be like, well, you know, I did the best I could. So you just take it and you drink it the way it is. Well, or uh, maybe beggars can be choosers. Maybe it's okay to ask for what you want and then ask for how you want it. There's just a whole lot of different ways to live out there. And so I just, all of this coming from this place of stress, behavior, between stress and behavior, there are two primary emotions, fear and love. Brian's approach is very love-based. My reaction to that situation was coming straight out of fear, right? So just to be mindful of those things and to be able to take those minutes that you can stop and breathe, that you can be more regulated so that you can be responsive and not reactive. No, that doesn't mean that you're going to be a Buddhist monk and you're not going to have any feelings. It means that your feelings match and that you've learned how to monitor your feelings so that we're not spewing our stress all over other people so that we recognize what's our stuff versus What's something that uh, is really right here in our environment? Like how many times do we get really stressed out and turn something into a life and death situation that's just not like a clean bedroom or homework getting done or socks left in the living room or the trash getting taken out and we can react 
at such a level that yes we do trigger our children because we turn this into this great big ugly life and death situation that is just not and that is less about the words but more about the energy that's coming behind it so I can be intense and I can mean what I'm saying and I can get loud if I need to get loud but my energy doesn't have to get angry my energy doesn't have to be threatening so your energy can be so threatening and in that space then you've lost your ability to really manage your tone your intensity your timing and your facial expressions because now you're hijacked and you're hijacked because something underneath the surface is a great big shark because something in the world feels like it's life and death to you. And so even though it's only socks in the living room, you have turned that into the mountain that you're going to die on in a fight with your child over do what I tell you versus understanding that they may be in a fight, flight or free state. They may be frozen. They may need you to turn it into a game. They may need you to say, hey, go take out the trash, as we learned in chapters two or three chapters ago. Take out the trash, and then you may need to leave the scene and come back five minutes later. But again, because we're just taking our time and unlocking that brain so that they can transition to do the next thing. Transitions are so tough for kids who come from difficult places. So, um, Let's see, the difference between reacting and responding, something parents must learn. A parent can make the biggest difference in a child's life when the parent learns how to respond rather than react to their child's behavior. I can be calm and respond, and I know that everything's going to be okay. Trusting that, however, can be scary. Trusting it can be really scary, but I'm telling you, I get so many reports from families. You know, we have this idea, it's gonna happen right now, it's gonna happen right now. You know, I'll tell you, if I had that, it's gonna happen right now mentality, I'm so thankful for this model, because Kevin and I wouldn't have made it. We would not have made it. It would have been, I don't know what would have happened. We would have been fighting, fighting, you know, because he was, he is the kind of person by his nature that he kind of has to do things his own way. He, you know, he's one of those, he's got to touch the stove to see if it's hot. You know, you might tell him something, you might give him a recommendation, but you know, he's just got to learn the way he learns. And most of us, you know, we learn from our mistakes. Most of us learned a few things because somebody told us not to do it, but by and large, many of us are built that way, where we have to learn from our own mistakes, from our own trial and error. And so, you know, he's that kind of person, and I'm so thankful for this model because he and I, you know, we could have words. I could be saying blah, 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 and he could be out doing whatever he was going to do, but we had that place at the end of the day where we could come together and we could connect connect where he could know he was loved yeah we may not just maybe we may not agree about everything but that, we might not agree about anything but that doesn't mean I don't love you that doesn't mean I don't have your back and the more he knew that I had his back I'm not gonna bail you out of everything but you can come and we can talk about it and I'm gonna love on you and I'm gonna support you and I'm still gonna be that loving influence in your life you know the more we can do that, the more success we're going to have. Because remember, like we talked about last week, there is way more to life after 18. So we got to stay in relationship. And so um, 
Tomorrow night, we're going to go through chapter 9 and 10. We might actually even just kind of buzz through all the way through chapter 12 because all of those chapters have to do with specific behaviors, lying, stealing and self-mutilation, aggressive behavior, um, fire setting, hoarding food. So there's some very common threads. And so we'll find out what those common threads are. So I just want to let you guys know that, you know, we understand that it's a tall order to get down there and swim under the ice. The iceberg, that's just the behavior. Don't get scared. You don't have to fix it. See, you can't fix what's already been done. So those emotions, just learning how to stay present for the emotions. When your child's really struggling and you can sense that that trauma is activated, and it may not be activated in the sense where they are talking about the trauma, but it's activated in the sense that their behavior is letting you know that they are terrified. On some level, for some reason, they are terrified. And in their brain, it feels like life and death. So for us to just be able to be this, this calm, stable presence in the midst of that, they don't have to go cry alone anymore. Their, their emotions are safe with you, that you can handle it, and it's going to be okay. You don't have to fix it. Sometimes that's where we get overwhelmed. That's where we want to jump into going back up into the behavior because somehow we feel like we can punish that away or we can sticker and star it away. But just come back, breathe. You know, it's one of the things that I've learned in going to church, and our church is real expressive, you know, and I, you know, when people are crying out to, to, the, to, to God in their pain, I don't see anybody running over and trying to make them feel better in the immediate. You know, they're, they're letting people work it out and trusting that, you know, there's enough space for this emotion that it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry it out. You know, it's okay to throw something. You know, I know we don't like destruction of property. Um, there's a beautiful scene, though, in the movie Fault in Our Stars where the peers are together. That's a story about the kids. Um, and cancer and they're all teens and they're in their support group together and one of the teens um his girlfriend breaks up with him so he goes over to his friend's house and he's, he's hurt and he's scared he's scared he's never going to be loved by anybody again and he just starts tearing up his friends did and they're like <laughs> they're giving him things he can tear up because they understand you know there are teens too they're like he goes to he almost breaks the tv and they're like no 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 you don't want to break that because we're going to want a game later <laughs> and, you know it's just a beautiful scene of understanding and empathy um allowing that expression is so powerful and just being present for it and if your kids will allow you to comfort them or hold them and let them cry it out great if they need to be moving and <laughs> while they're crying it out that's it's okay it's okay telling them i'm scared too i'm right here with you i'm not gonna leave you i'm so sorry that, that you hurt so bad to join them to exercise that empathy and know that that is the pathway to healing, to feel heard and to feel understood is so important. And our kids, they can't articulate it. They don't have words for that. It's so confusing. And can you imagine being hurt by somebody that you also love and miss? 
I mean, it's complex. What they're experiencing is complex. No wonder that their behaviors can be a little erratic sometimes. So, whew, I guess I had some things I needed to get out today. Um, maybe that was what was kind of buzzing around in my neurological system, causing me to feel like a thud today. So, um, I don't know. With that said, um, I think just our homework tonight is just let this percolate. You know, this is, this is not some easy, you know, it's not hard every day that there are spots in this journey that can be so rough. And yet it's through that, that um, some of the, the most amazing, raw, vulnerable, transparent, purely connected, emotional engagement happens. And when that happens, man, it's magic. That is the magic right there. And so let it percolate and continue to, um, Connect with your the deeper heart of your child. Exercise that empathy muscle. Don't be afraid of those feelings. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Much love to you guys. We'll see you again tomorrow night.